Morning, everybody. So good to have you here. Would you put your hands together? We have literally hundreds and hundreds and hundreds online. So we welcome you. Those of you that are online this morning, don't forget that uh, men's barbecue on Friday night, guys. You'll, uh, I promise you that'll be a wonderful, uh, unique experience and unique in a positive way. Well, we uh, certainly prayed uh, today, uh, this week, to say, well, <clears throat> do we have church Sunday or not? Now, that's, um, that's a big prayer. We had other churches that called us and said, what are, you, what are you guys doing at Victory? And, uh, you know, you can watch the news and you can hear this opinion or that opinion and, and a whole lot of opinions, but it really comes down, if you're in a leadership role, uh, what you feel God is saying to you. And that is, re would relate to you this way. Someone may respond uh, to the... Um, the coronavirus in a different way than you do. Somebody said this morning before service, you know, um, that, you know, coronavirus uh, stuff, you know, just uh, simplifying that message. And I said, it's, it's more real than that. We had 39 new cases last night in Florida. So when people don't respond the way that you think they should, and maybe you're one of the ones that said, I'm, I'm freaking out, as uh, someone told me this morning. Uh, I'm, I'm, we're just freaking out over this. Uh, I have a few words to say about that. But, and then others say, you know, my Lord, this too shall pass. You know, get on down the road, etc." We should respect one another and how they respond. And we should use wisdom. We should be as wise as a serpent and as gentle as a dove. Amen. Uh, that's why that one of the reasons we did not have the time to fellowship because uh, in our checking uh, this uh, coronavirus, the, the dramatic thing with it, it is so contagious, absolutely just so very, very contagious. And so we decided not to pass the books. We decided not to pass the offering bags this morning. Uh, and I, I will tell you that we will have containers at every door when you leave, just so that we can honor God and his word. So as you leave, uh, then uh, we want you to know if you go out and the offering containers there, you're certainly welcome to put your tithe and your offerings in there. And if you decide you forgot something, you come back in and you go back out again, you can do it again. So it says... We want everybody to have a, a, a fair time. Today, the president has called us a day of prayer. I told Sharon early this morning, so well, I can get the congregation to pray this week as much as they watch the news on the coronavirus. I said, we're going to have a different congregation. It will, will be unbelievable. There's only so much of that that you can see. And I'll give you an example. You can be confused. Um, and it's this. The state of Georgia said that uh, no gatherings over 200, mandated by the governor. And so a lot of our friends, uh, Griffin First Assembly of God, uh, is, hey, we can't have service there in Georgia. Jensen Franklin in Gainesville, Georgia, can't have uh, service. Andy Stanley in Atlanta can't have service. The gatherings more than 200, and that stopped that. But the other part that makes it a bit confusing, Florida closed its schools, public school system, and VCA is closed. 
our daycare, uh, K through five, is open, but with a lot of precaution. Uh, uh, for example, every student that comes to school this coming week, uh, as those little students come in, uh, we'll check their temperature to be sure there's no fever. If they have a fever, uh, Jerry lovingly and gently say, you just can't come in today. Uh, so I have to be fever free. But, but uh, so we, we closed our schools and, and we still are able to have a gathering like we're doing today. But Georgia said no gathering over 200, but they haven't closed their schools. And so I'm saying, well, that, that's a bit confusing, you know. All their schools are, schools are functioning. You can be in Fernandina Beach, Florida, and drive five minutes across the line. And on the Florida line, no schools go across Georgia, just that line, and say we're having schools. So uh, uh, it's a, a, a little different. It can be confusing a little bit. But you know what? If you're looking for something to confuse you, you don't have to go very far. Just turn on the television. Uh, we are doing everything that we can. I'm going to ask you to give a hand in a moment to our maintenance teams and our engineering department because they are doing their best, even between the service, to sanitize, re-sanitize. You see the hand-washing deals or hand uh, sanitizers, not washing, out there. Uh, you, you see those, and we, we ask you to use them. Uh, we, are not, uh, we didn't shake hands this morning. And I'm not, I'm just not going to shake your hand. Uh, but here's what I've come up with. I'm going to salute you, you know. So I'd like to salute all of you and say welcome this morning. God bless you, you know. Or I'm going to wave at you, you know. Hi, everybody. Is there anybody else want to wave? Put your hand up and wave. That's good. So it's good. So um, that's important. Well, why, why don't you do that? Why don't you just take a step of faith, grab somebody and hug them? Well, you know what? That's really what I want to do. But trying to set a good example, hello, trying to do our best to say, okay, we have to participate in caution, and that's what, that's what we want to do. I'll give it. Here's another. I was in Wawa this morning. And in Wawa, when you pay for whatever it is you're going to get, um, their change comes like it does in Subway in a little, the, the change comes out in that little cup all, all right there. And when the change fell down, I, I had to make a decision. <laughs> I said, do I take and just take that change out, put it in my pocket, you know, or, or do I not? But since it was 98 cents in change... I took the risk and I got the money. Had it been 15 cents or so, I'd have left it there for the next person to grab it. So just to give you an idea, in the stores yesterday, Publix, they're fighting over toilet paper. If you can come up with a logical reason why people ought to be fighting over toilet paper, you know, they're running. Uh, that's a not a good word. Uh, they're... <laughs> That would explain a lot. <laughs> but I, I can't figure that out. But I'm not going to waste the time trying to figure a lot of that out. Um, so we know, and I know, in my studies, and I've talked, you know, briefly to the sheriff. We're talking to disease control. We're talking to county officials. We're talking to everybody because we have a lot of influence in a, in a large church. But uh, we haven't peaked yet in Florida. 
That is, uh, there is still, as I said, 39 cases just overnight. Uh, and, and the news changes as to what's going to happen every day, every day. Um, so I'll, I'll say, so you'll, it will get worse probably if it follows other places before it gets better. Now, I can't guarantee you that we're going to be meeting in this public forum next week. Several things could happen. The governor could say no large gatherings. Well, uh, or, or something of that nature. Someone could come down with the virus that would be directly related to the church. Uh, I don't believe that will happen. I'm praying that it won't. But in other words, every day we're asking God for wisdom and so, which means we would be online. And if you don't have capability of being online, uh, discover that. You can go online and victorylakeland.org and get us live. You can go on Facebook. We have a Facebook page. We found out between the service that we literally had hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds online between the two services today that we could discover. So I'm asking, asking you to the church because the church is a place of faith and security. And so we pray, God, whatever it is you want us to do, we want to protect you. We want to protect our children. Children have a stronger immune system than adults and their lungs are certainly not congested. The little hairs in that lung push that virus out. But it is the older folk who have maybe some physical problems that we need, certainly need to be concerned about. So we are, we're going to love our neighbor. We're going to love you. We're going to do everything that we can. I sent an email out and a letter that said, if you can't be here today, you feel that Physically, it's impossible because of, then certainly we, we don't want you here. We want you to exercise your judgment. We, we also said that if, um, if by some circumstance you think it adversely affect your health or you're sick, please do, do not come. And so we're doing our best. But here is, here's something else. We want to keep the church as a light in the darkness. And I need everybody on board, all right? Because this is a tough, tough battle that we fight in this situation. So I'll be speaking tonight on waging spiritual warfare. Uh, but this morning, I'm asking you to join in that day of prayer. Take time to pray, to seek God's face, uh, and just trust God. And uh, how many will do that salute? Would you do that? You say, I, I think I can do that. That's great. Well, I forgot you can speak. Say amen. 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 Thank God. Now, uh, we want to be the voice of faith. I, I get nervous when I read on Facebook and a tweet or something of Christians who are a wrung out panic as unbelievers are. If our faith cannot work in the middle of a potential crisis, if we can't remain positive in Jesus Christ in a crisis, well then pray tell, what do we have? 
Somebody said, well, I'm not going to admit, bless God, that there's any problem. Well, you go right ahead. You live in that fantasy. It's all right. But the last time I checked, I'm not afraid. I've coached you for all these years. You don't have to be afraid of the giant. You don't have to say, well, that giant doesn't exist. That's not what David did. David did to say, Goliath, you don't exist. He acknowledged him. Yeah, I know who you are. So we can acknowledge, hey, this is a very serious deal. But at the same time, but I come to you in the name of the Lord God Almighty, the host of all of Israel. Amen. We know that. So we do our best to maintain that positive spirit and walk wisely with, you know, don't go around licking doorknobs. That's good. It's not good. Don't, don't try to do your best and be careful. Um, so let's honor the Lord. And we, some of you do the, the elbow. Uh, I had a cancer removed on my elbow this week. I have a four-inch cut right here. And I forgot about it until I elbowed somebody this morning and I was reminded it was there. So I'm, I'm not going to elbow you. I'm going to. All right. Everybody good. Everybody feel good. Turn to your neighbor and say, I hope you're not sick. <laughs> okay, here we go. God shows up. Say that with me. God shows up. God shows up. He does. God shows up. You're a person or family endeavoring to trust God, we're often subject to enter into uh, to God's school of faith. And nothing ever remains the same except the Word of God. God. He said, I change not. I am the same yesterday, today, and forever. I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. And that's true. But often when we go through these kinds of challenges in our life, it's a good opportunity for the church to find out what we're made of. It's a good opportunity for us to say, okay, how do I respond in the midst of crisis? How do I deal with that? Well, some of you know already you've lost a loved one uh, way too soon. Uh, you went through a horrifying divorce that's like uh, a death. You've gone through separation. You've had kids that have rebelled. You've had individuals that are sick. Some of you are taking care of loved ones right now that do not seem to be getting any better. You know what it means to walk through the unknown that which you did not realize that might come your way. And in every case, if we remain true to God, we want to learn something. We want to grow as a result of it. We know that the Bible says, don't become weary in well-doing, but we do from time to time. But then he says, count it joy when you go through challenges in your life. So we look at corona, we look at the virus, we look at the reports, we hear this, that, and the other, but I know in whom I have believed. So I'm going to trust God, I'm going to believe God, but I'm not going to act ignorantly in my day-to-day -day walk here in this life and in this world. I don't want anything to happen to you, and I don't want anything adversely to happen to me or anyone else. Now, God never fails. Would you say that? God never fails. Oh, no. He never, never, ever fails. So here we go. Uh, on the shelves, um, one of our staff went to Walmart uh, Friday morning at 530 thinking they're going to get some toilet paper. No toilet paper. One church advertised on their church sign yesterday. It says, come join us for worship. We have toilet paper. 
Somebody posted on Facebook uh, about toilet paper in their small group, etc. It's unbelievable what individuals place there. But you ask yourself, the shelves are empty. Two ladies in Publix just this weekend, Thursday, fighting over the, the soap, you know. There was a, a black individual there, elderly man. He said, well, I just want to tell you, you know, you probably pay three times as much for that push stuff. But the reality is that, bottle, that bar of dial soap right there will do the same thing. And it's about a third of the cost. Thank God for wisdom showing up at Publix. And then you think, Publix? How many went shopping at all for groceries or anything? My Lord, I couldn't find pork and beans yesterday. I thought, who in the world would want pork and beans? And then sardines and mustard sauce. There was a short supply. I don't know what the world's coming up to. Vienna sausage, the beanie weenies, they were out. Hello? All that stuff the average red-blooded American man likes. Empty, empty, wow, here it is. Well, it's not there now. It used to be all the time. It's right there, but the empty shelves. In our lives, here's what the prophet Elijah, this is a story about him. Fasten your seatbelt. Stay with me for a few moments. First Kings 17, as surely as the Lord your God lives, she replied, this widow, I don't have any bread, only a handful of flour in a jar and a little bit of oil in a jug. And I'm gathering a few sticks to take home and make a meal for myself and my son. Here we go. Let's read it together. That we may eat it and what? And die. What a bright future. What a bright future. Well, they have this much and then we're going to die. She was desperate. The shelf of her life, the hope, the security, anything promising that she thought would mind, hey, I've, I've spent it all. That's it. That she may die. Elijah was the prophet of God. He journeyed to Sidon. That's important because that takes you up in what's called modern day Lebanon, and it is not where a Jew ought to be. He met this widow. Let me tell you about, about these single uh, women in our church. And many of them, many of them that are divorced or single because of death or whatever the case, and they have young children, let me just tell you something. A mom today that's single, raising little kids in their home, don't you think they are not tough, my friend? They have to do everything they can to try to make ends meet, to be a dad to the boys, to be a mom to the girls, and to do all they can. These young people, these widows, these divorced ladies with children, they are tough tough and have to fight it out every day. Don't take them for granted. Don't, matter of fact, let's give them a good hand clap, those that might be online right now. She's a widow. She had the young son broken spiritually. You think worry was a part of her life? Do you think when she looked at that boy and thinking, I, I provided everything that I could, son, I brought us thus far, but I see the end, the shelf is bare and there is no hope. The people that used to help us, they're not helping us anymore. The drought is unbelievable. And Elijah asked her for some water, and she responded. He also said, give me a small cake of bread. All I have is a little meal, and that's it. Bare shelves represented discouragement and hopelessness. Now, I don't know about you. I checked just yesterday. 
Are there any major kits, any kits that can help test in Polk County uh, for the, uh, the virus? And I was told, no, but they're supposed to come any minute. I said, well, that's interesting news. Interesting news. 116 cases in Florida as of this morning, but no testing kits that is able to be distributed in Polk County. And I thought, okay, well, there it is. Well, I'll tell you what, I'll go over to Hillsborough County then. You know, there's always a way, friend. But the reality is, you say, well, that, that, sounds, that sounds hopeless. It's like, wow, medical costs go beyond anything that I could ever imagine. And you can tell your own story of when you considered there was no way to get through that. There are some situations that we all dread. And far too often, it appears that it only happens to us. And when we are cast into, like this virus, we don't know what the president is going to say tomorrow, the governor. We don't know what the CDC is going to say. We don't know whoever's in charge. We don't know what the outcome. We don't know if we're going to go back to work tomorrow and they're going to say, we're just going to have to lay you off. We don't, we don't know any of those things, but we know in whom we have believed. Say amen. All right. That will determine your spiritual depth. How do you manage the unthinkable. That will, that will check your attitude. When you go to the store, hello, if you're at the deli line in Publix, and they say, who's next? And you got 20 people at the deli line waiting there, and they don't have the numbers, somebody with me? And there's some been standing there for 10 or 15 minutes, and you've been watching? And someone new comes up, they've been there for about 30 seconds, Who's next? They jump right up to the front of the line. How's your attitude going to be? Hello? So I'll tell you what mine's going to be. I'm going to take a stick of baloney and help them out a little bit. <laughs> yeah, all kinds of opportunities for us to show a positive attitude. Are y'all with me? Say amen. So you check your attitude. Well, oh, so-and-so over there, I know they're a Christian, but buddy, all they want to talk about, gloom, doom, uh, and distress, and all of that, I don't like that. They ought to be a better Christian. Why don't they just think? They heard pastors say, and look at them, they're like a big old baby with a sucker in their mouth. Shut, shush. <laughs> Check your attitude. The arena, every time that we face, is new. So, we look at the shelves in our lives and we say, okay, uh, how much water do you have? You know, how, ma how many paper towels? How much hand, how much, how much do you have in a lot? Well, I tell you, I didn't know the world was going to fall apart. It's not. It's not. There is a line between being wise that walks in faith and a fine line between panic and your trunk is loaded. Well, it's not new. The guys that we respect most in Scripture, like Noah. Hey, Noah, build an ark. <laughs> it doesn't rain. Why am I building an ark? No rain here. Build an ark. Noah goes down to the lumber company, said, hey, I need X amount of linear yards of this kind of lumber. For what? I just need it. For what? I just need it. For what? I'm building an ark. You're doing what? You're building an ark. 
Yeah. No rain, no water. Joshua, Joshua, cross the Jordan. Joshua, march on out there. But Lord, couldn't you call it a better time? It's, it's overflowing the banks right now, and you want me to march out there? I said, get out there and march. Ananias, Ananias, there's a guy coming. What's his name? I welcome everybody. His name is Saul. Is that the same Saul that's a murderer, that's a killer, that's burned churches, that doesn't like believers? Is that the one with the bad reputation? That's right, but I want you to welcome him in with open arms. Ezekiel. You see all those valley of dry bones? Yeah, I mean, they are, they are white. They've been exposed to the sun. I want you to speak life into them. You want me to speak life into those bones? Hey, call somebody else. I don't have anybody else that I want to call. Zeke, it's up to you. Call out. Now, we know that those are things in our Christian walk that happen often in the midst of crisis. Someone said, what are you going to do if it hits Polk County? Are you going to hide? Nope. I'm going to come to work. I'm going to pray. I'm going to seek his face. I'm going to study. I'm going to do everything that I can to be a good example of positive faith. Amen. What if it hits your family? What if it hits your family? Somebody said, if it hits your family, what are, what are you going to do? I'll tell you what. I'm not going to visit them. <laughs> They're going to be quarantined, and I'm going to respect that. Amen? Amen. Might drop them a meal off here and there. Now, unusual request. Have you ever had someone to request something of you that was absolutely way out of you thought, they must be nuts asking me to loan them $5,000? Unusual request. Get ready now, First Kings 17, 13. Elijah said to her, don't be afraid. Go home and do as you have said, but first make a small cake of bread for me from what you have and bring it to me and then make something for yourself and your son. That's an unusual request. There are several things about this whole situation. And there are several things about the crisis that we're facing right now. Number one, Elijah was a prophet and a Jew. He wasn't as smooth as Jeremiah. He was rough hewn. But that was Elijah. The woman was a Gentile. She was not a Jew. There was supposed to be no mingling. You don't touch. You don't get near. You don't talk. Especially if you're a woman to another man without permission and... How many of you are glad that's not the case today? She was also a Sidonian. That's modern Lebanon today. Now, a Jew and a Sidonian, Gentile, you don't get together at all. You don't honor any request. Sidonians were influenced by Baal worship, and the leader of the Baal worship was, in fact, Jezebel. Jezebel had Ahab build her a separate temple. She could worship her false gods. And so this gal, this woman right here, was a Sidonian and a Gentile. And this man that she knew, if you study, that was a Jew, came up and said, I have some requests. That would have been unusual. Elijah asked her for water, and here's what happened. She responded positively. Why? Because when unusual requests are made, and you are walking by the Spirit. God controls your enemy 
and your adversary. Are you with me? He can control your enemy and your adversary. Elijah, the man of God, the prophet said to her, and you know what? She must have thought, why in the world did I respond positively? How did that take place? He didn't ask her for the small cake of bread. She said, I only have enough for one cake. We know that. He said, make it for me first. What a crazy request. He said, now go on back and do as I have asked you to do. That's strange. And she did it. So when we are in, in, in strange crisis, in unusual situations, here's what we need to know. That if we are praying Often in crisis, God does unusual things, and we begin to discern rationale that only comes from the Holy Spirit. And this is why Isaiah 55, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither my ways, your ways, declares the Lord. He said, your perspective will not get the job done in the midst of unusual circumstances. So you depend upon the power of the Holy Spirit to speak to you usually means also God is beginning to do something very, very special in your life. And we all know that we've been in situations and we begin to see something happen that we can't explain. And when we cannot explain it, behind it usually is the beginning of a miracle. Some of the facts, Elijah was in Sodom, not Israel. She was at the city gate. She shouldn't have been there. And she knew nothing about Elijah. She was not enamored about Elijah and his ministry. She didn't know anything about it. And all that strangeness came together to facilitate her need and the need of the prophet of God. And when you see those things, we know that we're about to learn a good lesson of faith. So here's what I'm asking you to do. Instead of looking at the crisis as an enemy, look at it as an opportunity, an opportunity for you to respond in spiritual maturity and to grow, an opportunity to say, God, I want to be used in the midst of this crisis. So some of my friends who may not be uh, full of faith as I am, who are negative and afraid, I want to be a voice of peace to them. God, I in this, I want to see it as an opportunity for my light to shine. I don't want to act super spiritual, but God, I want them to know, hey, yeah, I know it's very, very serious, but I want you to know I'm really trusting God that God will, in fact, take us through. Can I pray for you and your family? That's what he's talking about. Elijah told her, don't be afraid. Make my bread first. And then make your own. In other words, that is the beginning of a miracle. Now, Elijah 54.10. This has to do, though the mountains shall be shaken and the hills be removed, yet my unfailing love for you will not be shaken, nor my covenant of peace be removed, says the Lord who had compassion. So though the mountain shakes. You say, well, pastor, 39 cases last night. Why did you tell us that? You heard it first at Victory. You'll hear it later on the phone, only it'll increase. So we don't have to be afraid of the negative. We can see as an opportunity to let our love and our light shine. You know, one of the ways to do it is maybe give some of your own toilet paper away. Wouldn't that be wonderful? (laughs) 
Finally, a supernatural thing. Say that with me. A supernatural thing. 1 Kings 17, 16. For the jar of flour was not used up, and the jug of oil did not run dry, in keeping with the word of the Lord spoken by Elijah. Now, let me show you something. The reason there was a drought, God spoke to Elijah. And Elijah prophesied there's going to be a drought. And God honored what Elijah said because he said what God told him to. So God would not turn around and violate the covenant that he had with Elijah by shortchanging Elijah and causing the drought to end before Elijah said it would end. And the reason that they had a drought in the midst of that, both Gentile and Jew, was this. They had violated the covenant of God. And God said, okay, since you violated the covenant, I'm going to create a judgment that's going to make you scramble in the way of a drought. Now, so listen, someone, I heard a preacher say, bless God, this is the judgment of God on our planet. Now listen, you have no idea what the judgment of God looks like. See, the judgment will happen, of God will happen after the tribulation period. Right now, we're in grace and mercy. If God were to unleash his judgment on you, friend, you wouldn't be anything but dust. That's why it's important to maintain that positive spirit in the name of Jesus Christ. Well, I just know we're so sinful. We're so this. We're so that. We're so unbelieving. Well, you know what? The rich man, send some of my brothers over. If you don't mind, let send, send them over to my, my family's house and tell my brothers they don't want to be here. And what did, what did Abraham say? Hey, if in fact they will not listen to the message that they're being told, even if the dead were raised, and to go over there and tell your brothers they still would not believe. Why? Because they're blind. So listen carefully. This is what's considered to be a pandemic. And it's something that we've never had before. We've had diseases. We've had the flu. We've had major situations all along life's way. Always. And this is another one of those situations. But what shall the church say? How shall we respond? We respond with wisdom. We respond with faith. And we respond with boldness metered with caution and balance. We know, we know a supernatural thing is just around the corner. And we know if the Lord tarries in about three weeks from now, this thing will have reached the vortex and life will continue. I, I, I almost said as normal. I pray that it doesn't. I pray that life will be better than normal, that somebody will wake up in the midst of this and say, you know what, during that crisis, because of my friend, I found Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I found Jesus Christ. I did. I had a very wealthy man walk up to me on Friday. He said, hi, pastor. He's coming to church here now. And 
And he said, I brought, uh, I brought a bona fide Catholic to church last Sunday. Bonafide. I mean, just absolutely straight up Catholic. Straight up. He said, you know what? They loved Victory Church. They loved it. They loved the worship. They loved the preaching. They, he, they loved it. And you know what he said to me then? I got to go out there now and get some more. <laughs> See, listen, friend. But the message on evangelism piqued his interest. And he said, I'm bringing somebody during this situation. Let's look for the supernatural to show up. Amen. Walk in faith. God moves in strange and difficult situations. She did exactly what she was told. She didn't know him. She had no history of miracles. She acted on the promise. She was walking, whether she even knew it or not, walking by faith. And that supernatural power of God, the oil didn't run out. The meal did not run out. And God kept the supply. And that's what he said in Philippians 4, 19. And my God shall support, will meet all of your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ. Christ Jesus. If I'm in the crisis, then I'm going to have needs. And here's what I know. The government is not going to meet that need potentially. Uh, my neighbor's not. But here's what God said. Wherever you are, I will meet your need. Hallelujah. In the midst of that. If you stay true to my word, stay true to the covenant. And many of you have gone through tough things in your precious life that you could hardly breathe and you had no money and you had no hope and yet God in his infinite mercy supplied your need in the midst of your want. Can you say amen? He'll do it. Come on, let's give the Lord a clap offering. So that set up the major miracle. The lady's boy died. Well, the lady had to go through quite of a, a mental exercise. Well, we have meal and we have oil. And then my son, I thought it was starvation that was going to kill him. But he's been fed and he still dies. But the same prophet that had stayed in her house for a while. Laid his body over that body of the boy once, twice, three times. And the boy woke up and no doubt said, I'm hungry. And the lady said, hey, now I know that you are a man of God and that the word of the Lord from your mouth is true. Tell me how I can follow Jehovah. So here we are in rejoicing and praising God with a mammoth opportunity to trust and believe God. Would you stand? Let's put our hands together. You can put your hands together. They're both the same. Would you bow your heads as we just pray? Repeat after me. Heavenly Father, 
I thank you for Jesus, the Son of God. I ask you for forgiveness. Please take away my unbelief. Please take away my rebellion. Take away my bad attitude. Take away my fear. Take away my anxiety. Take away my judgmental spirit. And let me walk by faith. I love you, Jesus. Use me as you choose. Bring healing into my body. And make me whole. In Jesus' name. Amen. I believe God answered prayer, don't you? Now we, the daycare is open. Administration will be here at work. If you need us, victorylakeland.org. My personal email, wblackburn, victorylakeland.org. I'm on Facebook. I don't know what I'm, who I am on there, but I'm on there. <laughs> and if we can help you and our team, our staff, we are ready because we love you. I don't want any of you I don't want any of you suffering beyond imagination. We're going to care for you. We're going to encourage you. And listen, we're going to tell you the truth. Amen. We'll tell you the flat out truth. So since we can wave and since we can salute, uh, let's, let's do that together. Oh, I almost forgot. Thank you, Holy Spirit. At every door, there's an offering bucket, bag, something. Amen? So you leave. And then let me say this. And, and you can linger quite, quite a while, but don't linger forever because you're just keeping the ushers at the door. Or go put your offering and come back and linger longer. So are we good? Timmy? Timothy, I see you. Are we good? We're good. I think I see that. All right. All right. God bless you. Love you. Happy week. See you tonight. We'll be here tonight. When make miracle work, promise keep light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. Even when I don't feel it's working